What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Red Zone Radio. I am Robert Wampler. It is great to be here. Great to have you. Just your mind, listen to Red Zone Radio on Heart Radio app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and now the official Red Zone Radio website. All right. A lot of preseason football over the weekend. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Lakers and LeBron. And, uh, of course, I want to give some more uh, predictions for the season. I did NFC West predictions last time. Uh, then I'm going to be doing AFC North. Try to get the best divisions out of the way because that's what people are really interested in. Um, but let's talk about Tim Tebow, first of all. So he played for the Jaguars, by the way. Um, Trevor Lawrence looks great. I'm going to talk a little bit about Mac Jones, a little bit about Trey Lance. But Trevor Lawrence played for the Jaguars. On Saturday, and you know he he had a block. It kind of went viral. I can't show the video. Obviously, this is an audio podcast, but he made a block. I'm sure you've seen it. But you know, it did a job. And one of the things I really enjoy about doing this is when people DM me and they're like, "Hey, you know, I want you to talk about this, or can you talk about this?" Because it really, you know, it means a lot of people are listening. And they're invested enough into into this, into listening to this, that they want me to talk about a certain topic. If they're going to be invested in it, I'm certainly going to be invested in it and try to talk about what you guys want me to talk about. I mean, you guys do. You guys are what I listen to as far as what to talk about. However, I didn't really... Uh, when this story came out a few months ago about he was going to be on the Jaguars practice squad and he was going to be practicing with them, I didn't really address it. Um, I didn't really address... And people are like, well, why didn't you address this? And and I didn't address it at the time because I thought, you know, it's just a story. Uh, even if he's on the practice squad, it's not. I don't really think it's newsworthy to talk about. Um, people are kind of giving him a hard time. I'm like, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. But now he is playing for them. He is on the preseason. He took snaps in the preseason. He could be a legitimate player come regular season. I don't know, you know, based on the play on Saturday night, nothing against him. I don't know if he's going to be on the team come regular season time. But at least for now, he's on the team. And I want to say this, Tim Tebow, whether it's fair or not, whether you like it or not, whether, you know, you can, whether it's favoritism or not, he's probably going to make the regular season roster. Just my prediction, just my opinion. And I'll be honest with you, it had nothing to do with how he played on Saturday night. Whether it, it had nothing to do with whether he played on Saturday night, whether he played good enough or whether he was too bad. It had nothing to do with his play on Saturday night. But it has everything to do with the attention that the Jaguars are getting. You know what the number one, you know what the topic I saw on every single show today? Get up. First things first. First take. Undisputed. Tim Tebow. It wasn't about all these other regular, it wasn't about all these preseason games that mean nothing. It was about Tim Tebow. It was about his block. It was about everything that happened. Tim Tebow is bringing a level of attention to the Jaguars that just have not received in the past. And let's be honest about the Jaguars. Other than having the number one overall pick last year in draft season with Trevor Lawrence, when was the last time we've talked about the Jaguars this much? It's a preseason game. They got beat by the Browns. But we're talking about them. We're not talking about if the Browns look good. We're not talking about if some of these other teams look good. We're talking about the Jaguars who got beat. By the way, Trevor Lawrence looks good, but we're talking about the Jaguars who got beat because of Tim Tebow. We're talking about because of Tim Tebow. And typically in the NFL, if it's not, it's in the NFL, it's never simply about 
if a team is bad or good. That's not necessarily how the NFL decides to move teams. It's about are they making enough money. I looked up this morning. The Jaguars are about 26th in the NFL. The franchise is worth about $2.8 billion. Now, let's be honest about the Jaguars. They're probably on the clock, or at least they were on the clock, right? It's like, you know what? You don't get a lot of money. You don't win games. You don't get any season ticket sales. But now, look what happened this offseason. You get your QB of the future. You get your coach, an all-time great at the college level. And you get Tim Tebow, who is just boosting your attention. He's boosting your, your jersey sales. He's boosting your revenue as far as people coming into the stadium and buying tickets. That's because of Tim Tebow, the attention. Whether it's right or wrong, whether he should be getting enough attention. This is in Florida country. This is where they loved Tim Tebow when he was in college. This is where they still love Tim Tebow. And this is where they're going to go to see him, whether he's good or not. And whether you like that or not, that's just the reality of probably what's going to happen. Because typically, obviously, the way teams make more money is by selling more tickets. And typically, you sell more tickets and you sell more merchandise if you're a better team. Well, the Jaguars are in a complete and total rebuild right now. They got years to rebuild this. Even though they got their QB of the future and even though they got a good coach, they got years to rebuild this thing. It's not going to be done overnight. So the way you compensate for that right now, make a revenue, get the NFL off your back, boost your franchise in terms of worth and value is by selling more tickets, by adding a player like Tim Tebow to your roster. People may not like it, but guess what? It's attention, it's money, and it keeps your franchise alive in Jacksonville for a few more years. And that's just my opinion on it, and that's personally what I would do if I was a reminder. All right, uh, also Friday night, the Patriots played. Mac Jones looks good. Um, but I want to talk about the Patriots because here's something interesting about the Patriots is that, yeah, Mac Jones looked good in his preseason. I, I never – it's nothing against Mac Jones or Trey Lance or any of these quarterbacks. I never judge a player based on the preseason, whether they do good or bad. I just don't think it – is uh, a good way to gauge how good they are, whether they're supposed to be great and they play poorly or whether they're supposed to be not so great and they play great in the preseason. I don't think that's great. I don't I don't think it's a good way to gauge. I don't think it's a great way to see how good they are in the NFL. Um, as far as Mac Jones goes, he looked great. He was placing the ball where it needed to be. He was making good decisions. But I don't want to talk about Mac Jones specifically. I want to talk about the Patriots. So they lost, uh, obviously, in the offseason. They reloaded some of their weapons, right? They got a few. Nelson Aguilar, they had some speed. They did lose Julian Allen, but they got, you know, they got a couple weapons. And now they have this decision between two quarterbacks that couldn't be more opposite from each other. They are, so here's what the Patriots have done, essentially. Now, uh, Bill Belichick, I'm not necessarily going to blame him for Tom Brady leaving. I don't necessarily think it had all to do with Bill Belichick. I think part of it was that Tom Brady was like, you know what? I got a few years left. I want to see what I can do with the rest of my career somewhere else, somewhere else, so that I can define myself and I'm not just part of this dynasty and the Patriots. And I'm not just part of Bill Belichick. I want to I want to separate myself from that. Um but Bill Belichick essentially so A by essentially not being aggressive in last year's draft, you went with Cam Newton, and that's fine. That's your decision. You went with Cam Newton, and he did, and he played good. 
I didn't think he played bad. He played a lot better than I thought he would be. But you are essentially stuck now with making two decisions between two QBs who are completely opposite from each other. One is super athletic, uh, more of an athlete than a quarterback. Doesn't make the best throws. He's got a big arm, but he doesn't make the best throws. Uh, Not the most accurate, but he's super big, super tall, can run through people, and he's willing to take a hit. The other one is not that big, not that athletic, definitely more of a quarterback than an athlete. Doesn't have the biggest arm, but he can place the ball beautifully where it needs to be. He's a precise decision maker, doesn't make a lot of mistakes. And so, you know, I'm not sure who he'll choose, and I'm not sure who he'll choose to start. But when you look at the two options he has, obviously the polar opposites. Obviously, he's going to be leaving uh, the other side of the equation off the table. If you go with Matt Jones, you're leaving the uh, running around, you're leaving the athletic part of it off the table. If you go with Mac, if you go with Cam Newton, you're leaving the precise decision making off the table. So, you know. It, there's not necessarily a, a line in between. You got two polar opposites quarterbacks. I'd probably lean a little Cam Newton, just because he's probably more ready to start. Uh, you know, if he gets hurt, you could put in Mac Jones. But at least with Cam Newton, you know what you're getting. Not that Mac Jones didn't look good in preseason, but you, I, I don't think that's a good way to gauge. Like I said, I don't think that's a good way to gauge how good a quarterback is. But for Bill Belichick, it just—I'm not saying it's his fault, but. I would have, I, I a year ago in the draft, I'll talk about this draft, I'll talk about the draft before this one. I would have been more aggressive. I would have seen where I could trade up, see if you could have got one of the QBs, see if you could have got a Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert. And part of it to me, just in my opinion, was his ego. It, his ego kind of got in the way a little bit, and he's like, no, no, I can handle it. It's nothing against Mac Jones, but now your quarterback of the future, not saying you won't draft him in the draft, but your quarterback of the future in Mac Jones, at least at the moment, doesn't have a whole lot of athletic ability. He makes great throws, and I get that. But he doesn't have a whole lot of athletic ability. And you're moving away from the future of quarterbacks. And I don't necessarily know if that's, if that's a good way to go. All right. Let's talk about Justin Fields. So he looked great in his preseason debut. Obviously, again, I'm not going to say he's the quarterback of the future or, or going to be Hall of Famer based off preseason game. I just don't do that. Um, but he did look good. And I talked about the Bears when they got Justin Fields. And I said, look, I think there's a strong chance they can have this division. We don't know what's going on with Aaron Rodgers at the time we did it. Um, They drafted Justin Fields, an athletic QB. They got a great defense. I think Matt Nagy can coach despite what people say. And I think they're a good team. But when you look at them, they got, you know, they got Jimmy Graham tight end. But when you look at their division now, obviously with with knowing that Aaron Rodgers is back at this point, they still have to go through Aaron Rodgers, and that's going to be a tall task. But I don't necessarily think it's impossible. This is still the Packers' division to lose. This is still Aaron Rodgers' division to to lose at least for one more year. But don't be surprised if the Bears sneak up and they beat the Packers one out of two times and they take the division or they surprise the Packers. Or at least you're in or, or in a tight race with the Packers for the division. Let's be honest about the Packers. Aaron Rodgers, despite coming back, despite being talented, showed up about a week ago. Okay, and I'm not saying he doesn't know the playbook, but he's been he's still causing drama on Instagram. Which I'm going to talk about a little bit, saying I want Clay Matthews, saying uh, I want Randall Cobb, 
I want players. I want this. I want that. Causing drama, trying to show he's the alpha in the room with the Packers. That's fine if you're going to do that. You're going to cause controversy, though, with Matt LaFleur. You're going to cause controversy with the Green Bay organization. Not that you already, not that you didn't already, but you're going to cause more. And it's one thing to cause controversy in the offseason. Russell Wilson caused a little bit of controversy. They got him what he wanted. That was, that was about a month after the season ended. That's been over a long time. But when you cause controversy a few weeks into the season, you know, a few weeks away from the season, getting into football season, getting into the preseason, it's a different story. That That is, you can't have dysfunction during the regular season when you got to win games to make the playoffs. So I'm saying is, with the Aaron Rodgers in mind, with the Packers in mind, with the controversy that's going on there, with the teammates that are probably going to be upset at Aaron Rodgers for saying, I want to play Matthews, everything that's going on there, and the Packers got a, and the Bears got a young, athletic, big arm quarterback with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jimmy Graham at tight end. Uh, you know, Allen Robinson, great defense. Cleo Mack, Matt Nagy at, as the coach. I think there's a strong chance we're going to look at this team and be like, man, that's a good team. I think they're going to compete with the Packers in the division, and I think they could give them a run for their money. All right, let's talk about Trey Lance. So Trey Lance made a big play. Uh, obviously, 80-yard touchdown pass. People are like, well, will he compete with Jimmy Garoppolo for the starting job? So let, so I'm going to say this. If I was Kyle Shanahan, no, I would not put Jimmy Garoppolo uh, in the starter position week one. And it's not because of what I saw on Saturday. But, again, when you look at his play on Saturday, that's what he's going to give you. And it's going to look fun, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, Patrick Mahomes-like plays where you can just throw 80 yards down the field be a touchdown. Here's the thing, though. And I know the temptation is going to be there for Kyle Shanahan. Fans are going to want it. Jimmy Garoppolo throws a pick week one. Fans are going to be like, oh boy, hopefully Trey Lance can play in week two. We need Trey Lance if we're going to win this division. We need that big arm throw. And people are going to like it because he's going to come in and make big throws like that. But here's the thing. You have, if you're Kyle Shanahan, I feel like you have to, you have to control that temptation. Because Jimmy Garoppolo, not as talented as Trey Lance. Gives you experience, gives you smart throws, and gives you wins. Whether you like the way it looks or not, whether it looks pretty or not, whether he's the most athletic quarterback or not, he gives you wins when he's available. If you're going to put in Trey Lance, you can do it when Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, which you will. Um, but I, I would not start Trey Lance over Jimmy Garoppolo. If Jerry Lance goes in after Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt, then there's nothing Jimmy Garoppolo could be upset about. But I wouldn't be so quick to write off Jimmy Garoppolo at the moment uh, because... You know, he, he's he's still ready to play. I mean, he could still play. As long as he does get he can still play, and he could win that division potentially with the team he's got. But I wouldn't be so quick to write off Jimmy Garoppolo. I wouldn't start him after week one of Trey Lance. All right, so the Lakers, I want to talk a little about that. So, there's a, so there was a tweet that LeBron put out there pretty much sarcastically saying, hey, this isn't going to work, and he tagged Russell Westbrook in it because people are saying it's not going to work. And I want to talk about LeBron for a second because I, I like LeBron. I think he's I you I, I feel he's the he's the greatest of all time, just in my opinion. Uh, I, I think you know he's a, a phenomenal player. I think he's a legend. I think he's a great basketball player. But these past this summer, really, I will say, I'm not saying he hit a wall. I'm not. I, I don't think that's the case. But. He's his activity on Twitter has kind of been 
Kevin Durant like. And nothing against Kevin Durant. That's his personality. That's what he embraces, right? But LeBron has never really been that kind of guy. He's not constantly firing back on people on Twitter. He's not constantly saying how he's disrespected. He has in these past couple of years and this summer specifically. But I'm saying prior to that, he hasn't. And, you know, I'm sure... You know, it gets to you after 20 years. And it's like, why are people still saying I'm about to go? I don't get enough credit for this. But he's posted things, you know. And I'm not necessarily talking about the the police uh, tweet that he had. I, I don't want to get into that. But if we're just talking about his play, he said he was disrespected as far as a score. He said he, he's been saying he's been disrespected on Twitter. Now he's saying, oh, it's not going to work. Okay, but here's the thing with LeBron. It's like, He's, th- he's say- pretty much saying sarcastically, oh, people are saying it's not going to work. Look, we're at a basketball game together. So he's pretty much trying to convince everyone, look, we're, we're buddies. We're on the sideline. We're having fun. Yeah, you can go to a basketball game with someone. The question is, can you play with that? Nobody said your personalities or, or hanging out wasn't the bad part. Superstars hang out all the time together. It is the being on the same team alpha mentality that they both have. I'm not saying it's not going to work. I'm not saying it's a bad fit. I'm saying it feels a little, I don't want to say desperate, but it just feels a little weird coming from LeBron because he's never been like this until until recently. He's never been firing back at people. And I, I think he, we're starting to see some signs of, I'm not necessarily fatigue, but kind of fatigue of just, he's got a few years left in his career. I think we're starting to sense, he's starting to sense the frustration of, I got to get another title. If I don't, I'll never be considered with MJ, whether it's fair or not. He's starting to sense, I want to get another title. He's starting to sense people are, you know, maybe people don't regard me as great as I would like to be at this point in my career. And, you know, people do regard him as great, but maybe he wanted to be, you know, the unanimous goal at this point in his career. And so I think that that fatigue's coming into it. I think the other fatigue is he feels that he's over-criticized and everything like that. And I think it's just starting to eat him up. Charles Barkley criticizing him a couple weeks ago, saying that he stacks his team. And I think the criticism is just starting to eat LeBron up. And pretty much at this point in his career, he just cannot. It, it's to the point where it's in his head so much, he cannot just ignore it anymore. And I, I think that is what we're starting to see here. All right, well, that is going to wrap it up for this episode of Red Zone Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And I will see you next time on Red Zone Radio.